continue um, John chapter 4. We're going to finish um, part 7 that we didn't finish. So I hope you are all here with your um, outlines from last week. How many people are here with their outlines from last week? I remember Pastor told us to make sure. We, if you're not here, I think we have some extra outlines. You can just, um, if you're not here with yours, you can raise up your hand and then um, they will probably um, pass on are the extras at the back there? I know there are some extra outlines. I think on the first touch table. Okay, so they will pass them around shortly for those who for one reason or the other are not here with their outlines. Okay, Pastor gave an assignment last week. So how many people did the homework? In fact, the first question is what was the homework? Who can remember? Ushers, please, can we have a, a mic here? Who can remember what was the homework? Who is telling us what the homework was? Okay. Okay, let Mama go, please. Let Mama go. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Pastor said if he, if he took us seven weeks to finish, um, I, I did not remember the verse, uh, I think chapter four, one to four, that's how long long is it going to take us? I think to finish. To so finish, yes. Mm. <laughs> it will be almost a year plus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the answer, ma. Yeah, okay, so who has the answer? Mommy Madon says almost a year. Okay, 52 weeks, right? Okay, who has the answer now? If you've done the homework, there's a gift to for whoever has the correct answer. Anyone with the answer? I know we have great mathematicians in the house. Okay, there are two hands here. Can we hear? If they get it right. Let's see. Good evening, church. Good evening. Five weeks, um, 23 weeks. 23 weeks. Um, that's um, five months and three weeks. Okay, thank you. Who has um, another answer? I'm sitting beside my mind blue. Yes, thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter how far we spend from the uh, chapter 1 to chapter 4, but it depends on how the Spirit of God helps us. Thank you. That's the answer. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, who has another answer? Who has an answer today? Okay, there's a hand here. 28 weeks. 28 weeks. Hmm. Okay. Any other... Varying answers. Okay, so far, nobody has gotten it too. And nobody has gotten it. Okay, we have a hand there. And after that hand, one more hand, and then we... Okay, I think it's 21 weeks. 21 weeks. Ah. Okay, one more person, the last person. Okay, praise the Lord. 
we have to repeat this thing next week. Nobody has gotten it. So, uh, if if more less we divide, if less more we divide. Uh, have you forgotten that uh, uh, mathematical formula in is it primary school or secondary school? Praise the Lord. Okay, so we'll go on to um, today's um, Bible study, and we're going to start from last week. Praise the Lord. We are starting from John chapter 4, and we're going to be starting from verse 34, and like we did last week, I would please encourage us to, I'd like to employ us to please get on our feet, and let's read the scriptures together. So we're going to be reading from verse 34 to 50, 31 to 54. So I think what we did last week was two verses then the next two verses. Okay, God will help us. We had some training last week. Amen. So we're starting from John 4:31, And um, I think we should all start together. Meanwhile, the disciples... Did someone, I'm reading now, two, next two verses. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Then the next two verses. CMM, the next two verses. We're reading up until 54. Praise the Lord. Okay, John, John chapter 4. 31 to 54. You may please be seated. I'll read. Thank you. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God, who sent me and from finishing the work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvest. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you, have, where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that the prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. And he traveled through Galilee. He came to Cana where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son. 
who was about to die. He asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The officials pleaded, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will leave. And the man believed what Jesus had said and started home. While the man was on his way home, some of his servants met with him. Met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when. The boy had, he asked them when the boy had begun to get better. And they replied yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock. His fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will leave. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Praise the Lord. So um, we had a fantastic session last week with Pastor. And I remember um, Pastor ended, ended it with Jesus... The Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans, and with whom do you have no dealings? Should we have a particular group of people that, uh, with whom we have no dealings? Should we? I want a resounding answer to that. Should we? No, praise the Lord. We shouldn't have any particular group of people with whom we have no dealings. Okay, so we are, we are starting from John 4. 31 to 33. So let's, CMM, please, let's flip back to John 4, 31 to 33. Are we there? Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And did, did someone bring him food? While we were gone, the disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. I'm from finishing his work. Amen. My meat. My nourishment comes from doing the will of my father who sent me. So the meat of Jesus. What is the meat of Jesus? From what we just read now. Who, who would like to, to go for us? What do you understand? When Jesus said, my nourishment comes. Okay, we have a hand here. Thank you. Good evening, church. Good evening. It's the word of God. Amen. The word of God. Thank you. The word of God. Who has a different answer? My nourishment comes. I feel energized. You know, I feel strengthened. You know, um, even when I'm weak. You remember that um, last week, Pastor said, you know, Jesus sat by the well because he was, he was tired, right? He was tired. And then the disciples came and they were like, who has given him food? Well, what, what actually happened? You know, did somebody bring him food while we're not here? We have another hand here. Okay, there are two hands. Let's go. Talks about his nourishment come from doing the will of his father. I think he's talking about his motivation and satisfaction. Thank you. It is when he finds himself doing that which his father sent him. Thank you. That which pleases the father. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. His will is to do uh, what the father has sent him to do. That is the work of evangelism, going out, 
telling people the good news about heavens. And that was what Jesus Christ was doing. You know, when you go out for evangelism, when you are doing the work of your father, you'll not be feeling hungry Absolutely. because you are already felt from heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a beautiful contribution. Okay. Um, you know, um, thank you, Ma. When you're doing the work of a father, Jesus, Jesus found nourishment. You know, I have this personal experience. When I'm personally excited, I've just heard some very good news, and then I completely lose my appetite. I don't feel like eating at all, you know. And, you know, you can be sure that when I've heard some very good news in the afternoon, you can be sure that I will just nibble, you know, all day, and then I'm fine. And then I get on the scale the following morning, and I'm like, yeah, praise the Lord. So, but you know, and then we are fasting. This period we've been fasting, you know, this is the second week of the fast. And I know quite a number of people are coasting. You know, coasting, eating, um, sorry, not eating, just you are on thin fluids. You know, all throughout the three weeks, some people just started this second week. Some people will be starting coasting next week. Some people have been, break, you know, starting and breaking at 6 p.m. But you know, sometimes people just wonder, is it possible for somebody to go without food for for three weeks, you know, haven't you had that experience before? Haven't you? Um, I, I remember when I used to do um, school run, and then I would take my, and then each time we we're fasting, um, that period, quite a number of my friends would notice that, you know, I just suddenly, you know, lost a lot of weight, and then, of course, I would be quiet about it, but times when I decide to just, you know, once or twice, when I decide to just tell them what exactly, you know, some of them will come, no, no, you just have to tell us what exactly is going on. Are you dieting? What, what sort of diet is this, you know? And I'm like, okay, my, my weight loss is not from dieting, it's from fasting. And then they're like, oh, what? Really? Is it possible? It's not possible for somebody to go without food for, for three weeks. And I tell them that all things are possible, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, try to do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. First day, second day, Bam, everything has collapsed. You are back eating your food. You say, I just want to do this thing. I just want to try, you know. So, but, but we find satisfaction when we do spiritual work. As children of God, when, 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 when we serve God, when we evangelize, like um, Mommy Madon said, you know, it brings a lot of satisfaction. How many people have experienced that? You know, it brings a lot of spiritual fulfillment. You know, you're happy that, you know, you're putting a smile on, on God's face. Amen. So, that was Jesus' meat, but his disciples did not understand, you know. Jesus understood the questions, the question they were asking him, you know, but his disciples did not understand. They were like, did somebody, you know, bring him meat? And I'm, I'm praying today that in the name of Jesus, every time we come, you know, we encounter Jesus, every time the Lord speaks to us, we, we will have a deep understanding in the name of Jesus that the Lord will give us deep insight into his word, and his name will be glorified. Amen. Okay, then um, we go on to verses 23 and 24. Verses 23 and 24, okay, on the screen. But the time, but the time is coming, and indeed it's here now. Jesus was telling, why, why do you think Jesus said, it, indeed, the time is here now? Who, who can um, shed some light on that? Indeed, the time is here now. You know, Jesus was looking at the Samaritan woman. 
somebody that everybody had looked down, somebody that, you know, Jesus went on purpose, you know, to meet, you know, by divine appointment. And, you know, Jesus was telling him that indeed, Jesus was telling him that indeed the time is here now. Why? You know, the truth is, everybody was seen a sinner, but Jesus was seen an evangelist. Somebody who was going to bring the whole you know, nation of Samaria to Jesus. Praise the Lord. We discover that, um, okay, let's read it. But the time is coming, indeed it is here, and I went through worshippers. We worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when the Holy Spirit comes, you know, when the Holy Spirit opens our hearts of understanding and reveals the truth to us, you know, when, when, we, when the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us, it reveals the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ to us when we worship. You know, when we worship truly, in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, so the, the, the fill in the gap there, I would like to say spirit and truth. Spirit is not bound to one location, and the truth is not limited to one group of people or denomination. You see, when Jesus was talking to that Samaritan woman, that, that, that was just, you know, um, a fulfillment of the, of the scriptures that, you know, the light of God will come unto the Gentiles, you know, and that salvation is not just for the Jews alone, you know. It's for everybody, you know, that will open up their hearts unto Jesus. Amen. So here, the spirit is not bound to one location, and the truth is not limited to one group of people or denomination. And I would like to explain something here. Um, that woman, when she was by the well, she was looking at the well, and she was saying that, and she was telling Jesus, are you greater? Are you greater than our father? You know, Jacob, who built this world. You know, she was, she was alluding, she was wrongly alluding greatness, you know, to a, a particular location and to a particular group of people. That this world, are you greater than our father, our own father, Jacob? You know, tradition, who built this world, this world. That, that world cannot move. But we thank God that we have Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who is, not re, who, who is not restricted to a particular location, to a particular people, or to a, a particular set of people. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when she saw Jesus, she refused to see Jesus as, you know, as, as, as God indeed. You know, as representing God. So, but eventually, um, by the time we are done with this, we realize that God made her to understand that. The spirit of the Lord is not bound to one location and the truth is not limited to one group of people or denomination. And then we, we have that, um, we sh and the Bible says we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. And who is that truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we go on to um, John four twenty-eight to 30. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everybody, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Okay, we're going to stop there. I want to ask, uh, okay. So the people came 
So the people came streaming to Jesus. Okay, so left her water jar. What, what, what does that tell you? The woman left her water jar. She left her water jar. Thank you. There's a hand there. She left her water jar. She went on evangelism, hmm. going to tell people what Christ has told her. Because she said, this man told me everything about my life. So that was the work of an evangelist. She went and evangelized to people, tell people about what Christ has done in her life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, there's another hand here. The woman left. She left her water jar. Beside the well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, she left her water jar because she didn't want anything to hinder her from propagating the gospel, the good news that she just received. She didn't you. allow anything to be so important to her than the gospel that she claimed. Thank you. So I'm going to ask you this night, what do you need to leave behind, you know, to share the gospel? What is hindering you from spreading the good news? You know, in those days, those water jars were really, really very important to those women, you know. As, um, as a woman in those days, oh no, your water jar is just so, so precious, you can't even afford to leave it. You know, you may not meet it back there when you are. What, what, what will give you water when you get home? How will you get water to the house? But she left her water jar. She left it all for Jesus. Is there something you need to leave for Jesus? I, 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 want, I want to leave us with that question this night, and I want us to think deeply. If there's anything we need to leave for Jesus, this woman left her water jar. And you see, um, another, another thing is that the water jar was so precious to her, but she left it and ran away. Jesus was a stranger, right? But Jesus was not ordinary, was not um, just no, um, an ordinary man. He was actually the son of God. Nobody can withstand you know, the power of God. Nobody can. Nobody is too dirty for Jesus to completely make whole. Amen. Amen. And then she went. Can we go back to the scriptures again? And then she went. She brought people. And then they came. They came streaming. And then they came streaming to Jesus from the village. So the women went and brought a lot of people. So we should never keep Jesus to ourselves. We should always look for people to bring to Jesus and let his name be glorified. We are a community, you know, even as um, the woman went. And I'll, I'll tell you that that woman, God, Jesus used her to spread the gospel and the church actually started, you know, God used her and the people she brought and they started the church there in Samaria and the church grew to become, you know, to, to bring so many people to Christ. So it's teamwork, you know, we can go as a group you know, as a team, go on evangelism. We have the outreach ministry of the church. If you want to be a part, you know, and, you know, put, put smile on, do something that is close to the heart of Jesus. Like they always say that evangelism is, um, is the heartbeat of Jesus. It's close to the heart of Jesus. Now, another thing I noticed from this scripture is that there was no miracle. Do you know there was no miracle? And still a lot of people came to Jesus. What was it that brought people to Jesus? What, what, um, what gift of the Holy Spirit was actually in manifestation right there that brought people to Jesus? What gift of the Spirit? We've done spiritual gifts. Somebody said, what of? Thank you, what of knowledge. 
So it was just a supernatural knowledge. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we take, um, John 11, 11 and, John 4, 11 and 12. Let's go on to John 4, 11 and 12. But sir, you don't have a rope. Or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where will you get this living water? And besides, do you think you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? You know? So, it was, you know, it was, it was alluding greatness, you know, to that particular location. But, but God is, the power of God is not um, restricted to a location like we said in, um, in the earlier gap that we, that we filled up. And Jesus told him, Jesus told her, I'll go back to, anyone who drinks this water will not, will not be thirsty again. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're here this night, you don't know the Lord Jesus, it's a good opportunity for you to, to, to taste and see that indeed the Lord is good. You know, that, that's why you see a lot of, um, you, see, you see these millionaires, you see these artists, they are doing well, they are making a lot of money, and then they are still into drugs. Why? Because there's a longing in their heart that only Jesus, you know, can fill up. And it says it bubbles up, you know, and that's well in us. You know, that, that well, that physical well that that woman saw, it was just a system. And it could dry up. But the well of Jesus in us is a fountain of life. Fountain of life. It never dries up. And it can never ever dry up. Amen. It can never ever dry up. So what, it, what, it, what, is it, what, what is it that you are looking for? Just come to Jesus. And it will fill the deepest longings of your souls. And his name will be glorified. Amen. Amen. Verses 13 and 14. And Jesus replied, anybody who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the water that we drink from Jesus, you know, the sustenance that we get from Jesus, you know, by the Holy Spirit residing in us. When you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And it gives you that life. Sometimes, sometimes it just seems like you don't have strength, you know, to move on. Like we read, Jesus was tired. Jesus was tired. But then when he allowed the Holy Spirit to have his way in him, his energy was restored. He was re-energized. And he could minister to that um, Samaritan woman whom everybody had looked down upon. And at the end of the day, they were able to pass on the good news to the very end, you know, of Samaria. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is the secret of this life. You know, you will neither hunger nor thirst again. Amen. Praise the Lord. We will neither hunger nor thirst again. If you're here, you don't know Jesus. You don't, you don't, you don't have that experience. I'm going to encourage you this night to, you know, just come, taste, and see. You know that the Lord is good. Sometimes you see some people and like they are just always bubbling, always bubbling with life. You know, whether things are going on well or they are not going on well. You know, circumstances don't determine how happy they are, you know, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Sometimes you are down and you feel like I can't take it anymore. And then you go 
into the presence of God. You just, you know, get lost in the presence of God. Do all the drama like Papi will say. You know, do all the drama in the presence of God. And by the time you are out of it, you are re-energized, you know. Nobody can understand it, but we know that the Holy Spirit is the power of the Most High God. We know that this, this well in us reaches deep. It's a fountain and it can never, ever run dry. In the name of Jesus. So anytime you feel it drying up, just run back to the presence of the Most High God. And then you'll be re-energized in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so we'll go on to today's um, teaching, part 8. So let's take our um, outline for, for today. Okay, so I'm going to ask um, one or two people. What part of this teaching series has been indelibly impactful and most memorable for you? I just want one or two people. Okay, we have a hand. I found the book of John really, really exciting. I've learned a lot. Amen. We have a hand there. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's this very part that we just ended, the part of last week. For me, my, my most takeaway is uh, Jesus meeting the woman at the well. Mm. I see it as finding a common ground by which he can reach one that has been cast away, one that has been labeled as uh, not to be associated with. Mm. It was, I mean, like from what we read, it were like set of people that were ostracized yeah. that these guys, yeah. these folks don't have, don't have dealings with these people for me and that means that if we either as a church or as an individual we must take the gospel mm. to the world to the unchurched mm. we must begin to find common grounds Amen. because we will go with things like things like uh, like, like a mighty rushing wind it's only the believers that will understand those team. Mm. To the unbeliever, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. You know, but we must begin to strategize and find a common ground because it was a common ground. Everybody comes to the way. It wasn't a club that Jesus was. Mm. It was a common ground, the way. Everybody goes in there. So that for me was striking. Thank you. And that's my take home. Thank you. God bless you. Okay, one more person. I want to share with us what has really stayed with you since we, you know, started this, this book of, you know, John. Mm. Amen. Okay, there's a hand there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, what stood for me out was um, two, uh, was last time or two, week, two weeks ago, where Jesus moved, when people were mis mis um, mistaking him for John. Like it was a competition, uh, John is baptizing, you're baptizing, and mm. they head and they. So it was just like a wake-up call for me that the kingdom of God is no competition. Absolutely. And we should take that into our personal lives because your neighbor is selling more and more, and you're selling more and more, doesn't mean you won't sell. Mm. You can Absolutely. even move from where you are to another place mm. just to clear the air. And yeah. with the way the world is right now and everybody is struggling to just find a name and a fit for themselves and it's just crazy out there if people don't think about these things. Mm. But I'm glad that I belong to this house. Hallelujah. And God is really revealing deep things, how he has you 
and oh, has yeah. your back and it will spread your news. Mm. Even if people are concocting, you know, John the Baptist people are actually concocting and just just do you and satisfy your father and God will blow your name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we're going to start with John um, 4. We already read the whole uh, John 4 up to verse 54. Okay, so I'm going to start from John 4, 43. Can we have 43 on the screen? At the end of the two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him for the hard being in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and I'd seen everything he did there. Okay. So John, I will, I will stay with 43. Can we go back to 43? Jesus was there. He stayed back two days. You know, there's something I used to say to myself. I used to say, I don't go where I am tolerated. I only go where I'm celebrated. And for a very long time, I used to say that, you know, and until one day Jesus said, okay, what if you have to tolerate these people for the gospel? You know, so that changed. So I don't go where I am tolerated. I only go where I am celebrated, except God tells me to go to the place where I am supposed to be tolerated for the sake of the gospel. Amen. Praise the Lord. So why do you think Jesus stayed there two more days? Jesus stayed there two more days. That's quite exciting. Why do you think he stayed there two more days? And what was he doing those two days? He stayed there. So two questions. Any hand? Okay, there's a hand here. Choir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, obviously, there, there was nothing in common between Jew Samaritan, I believe one of the things that Jesus Christ was making reconciliation with those Samaritans is the reason why Jesus Christ stayed there. The secondly, uh, Jesus Christ was trying to reach out to the remaining people in the town and preach the gospel to them. Thank you. I got it. The first reason was what? I didn't get it. That there, as we were told that there was no, nothing in common between the Jew and the Samaritans. That is why when Jesus came to the well, and the woman asked him that, well, why should you ask me water? Because there is nothing in common between the okay. Samaritan and the Jew. Okay. So Jesus Christ was trying to reconcile the issue with them. Amen. Thank you very much. So you could, you know, so that the gospel could spread to different parts of, the, of, of Samaria. So that's missions, right? Missions. Praise the Lord. As a, as a church, we have so many avenues for missions. So we can mention the avenues we have as a church. Okay, no, let me rephrase the question. We have several ones, and I know that quite a number of us have participated in quite a number. We have um, Everything for 50. We have um, Soup Kitchen that we did in December. You know, we have the prison ministry. And um, we have different, you know, we have the outreach so I, I want one or two people to tell me the ones that um, they've participated and how it has blessed them or how it has changed them. You know, sometimes you go through these experiences thinking that I'm going there to help, I'm going there to change those people. And then at the end of the day, you discover that you yourself came out of that experience a changed person. Praise the Lord. 
So who wants to share? It could be everything for 50. It could be the soup kitchen. It could be the prison ministry. It could be, you know, all the, um, the outreach. You know, who wants to share from their experience? Is there a hand at CMM? Okay. There's a hand there. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. For me, it was actually the soup kitchen. And when I got there, I really, it made me to appreciate God more. And then I didn't know, I was just standing there and I started thanking God that I eat like three times a day. Sometimes even more than three times. But people are there, they are coming, and then the food wasn't even enough. And then people will go and come back. So it made me to really think back and mm. thank God for all that he's been doing to mm. me. And then the environment as well. I started mm. to thank God for the kind of place and the opportunity. And then I started praying in my heart that probably maybe should do a line. I should do something like that in the future. So that's for me. That was the experience for me. Mm, thank you. Thanks a lot for sharing that. You know, so the, the, the Samaritan, the Lord used her, and the Lord Jesus ministered to her, and then used her to bring quite a number of people, you know, and she was a blessing to her environment. You know, she, and I'm sure that her life never remained the same. You know, I'm sure from, from there onward, if she was alive, if she was... Um, if, she, if, if that story was happening now, she would have been named evangelist, uh, evangelist uh, woman by the well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have different arms. So be in it for the long haul. That's what it says. Be in it for the long haul. Be into ministry for the long haul. Be into missions for the long haul. And then the next one says missions is dear to our father's heart. So Jesus had to stay. In an environment that nobody could imagine that a holy person, son of God, you know, should even be for one single minute. You remember that map that um, um, Pastor showed us? You know that um, when, when they go, usually when they are coming from Galilee, they can go through Samaria because they had not been cleansed. They are going to Judea. But when they leave, um, when they leave can we have the map up, please? Okay, so normally when they are coming from Galilee, they come through. It's okay for them to come through Samaria and, you know, get to Judea. But, you know, when they visited Judea, they visited Jerusalem, they've, they've been cleansed, they are holy. And, you know, they don't want any unholy thing to come near them. So they go around. They don't go through Samaria anymore. They go through um, Decapolis and, you know, that area and then get into Galilee. But Jesus had to stay two days, two good days. You know, even his people would not receive him, you know. But um, the, the, the um, people of Samaria that loved and that received him, he stayed with them two days. So I want to encourage you in your life, celebrate Jesus. And you will experience the power of God in your life. You will experience mighty testimonies in your life. Sometimes you don't even have to pray about some things. Those will just keep opening of their own accord, you know, for you. Praise the Lord. So learn to celebrate Jesus. Learn to appreciate the presence of the Lord, you know, in your life. Don't do things that would, that would discourage or, or, you know, annoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, in our lives. Amen. Okay, I would like to share, I would like to share my own um, missions um, experience. And I remember when we were in um, Indonesia, and um, of course we were in Jakarta. Indonesia is um, a country of about 200, and population now should be about 270 million. And they have about 90, 96 or 94 percent Muslims, right? And so they have just about 3 percent Christians, and they have Hindus, you know, and they have um, these other, they have, yeah, Hinduism, Islam, um, Christianity, 3 percent. So there's this particular village in Indonesia, it's called Kupang. And um, there, was, there was a time a part of Indonesia was trying to get independence, you know, and West Timor. But of course, during the fight for independence, you know, a lot of lives were lost. And this particular village, Kupan, they killed a lot of the men. So there were a lot of women without wives. And Kupang, actually, sorry, Kupang has 97% Christians. So a, a nation that has about 280 million, and then 3% of the population is just um, um, Christians. You know, so you can do, do the math and have an idea of the Christians in the country. So, but Kupan has 90, 97% Christians. About 60, 60 of those 97% um, uh, Catholics. So, in that particular village, a lot, of the, a lot of the children were orphans, you know, no father, no mother, and a lot of the mothers had no, no husbands, no spouses. So, the church decided, okay, um, we're going to help out these people, you know, the, the church in Indonesia, in Jakarta then. So, I thank God for what GFH is doing as well, you know. Um, you would recall the story of um, the church that pastor shared with us, you know, I was completely raised down and we helped as a church to build, to build up that church. And that is how it's meant to be. Let's give our hands together for the most high God for that. So we thank God for them, um, for opportunities to be a blessing, you know, to smile, to put smiles on faces. And I have some pictures to actually show for that. And if um, CMM can please bring up the pictures one after the other and I will just share with you it's it's a memorable a very memorable experience so we went to to there, there were about <laughs> about 21 of us from the church that um, volunteered you know to go to Kupang then and we flew and I think it was about five hours our husband stayed at home and did the babysitting let's put our hands together for husbands that stay, that stay at home and babysits and encourage women in ministry. And for the men that went with us, the, the, the wives were home too, babysitting. So we had, you know, so there was this orphanage. So we went right to the orphanage. It's so interesting. It was a beautiful experience. Can we go on? So these are the children, you know, we sang, taught them songs, um, taught them, you know, the Bible. Some of them could not read and write. We tried whatever it is we, it was that we could do. But they already had some... Uh, missionaries, they had some missionaries from the U.S., from the U.K., already in Kupang, in that village, you know, that the church was um, sponsoring. So that's me and some of the team. And so that's me and the whole team that went from, from um, the church then. 
and it was um, quite an exciting time. I will tell you, can you go back to that picture? I want to share something very, very interesting and how God actually changed each and every one of us. Because we thought, okay, we're going there to be a blessing. And I will tell you that a couple of people in this picture actually went thinking that, oh, okay, um, let me just go and have some nice time. Let me take off, you know, my travel um, itinerary. I've been to Kupanas, you know. So some, some people just went without any mission uh, idea or plans. Let me just go. But, you know, we all went and we, we were, at the end of the day, we were really, really blessed. That lady, number four person from me, on that side, right at the back, Marissa, she was um, a very good friend, but, you know, white South African, and I used to call her, she, she's a Paki, and she would tell me, I'm just one butter, Niger girl, because she grew up in, in a farm in South Africa, but this other lady grew up in South Africa too, but she had never, very interesting, she had never spent a night away from the family, and, um, you know, I would say she was born with a silver spoon. So she was very hesitant when she was going to go. And the husband tried to discourage, are you sure you're going to be fine and things like that. So the first night when we traveled, and of course we had to share accommodation. So we were all together. You know, there were, some were two in a room, some were four in a room. And so in the room at night, she would cry as the lady right at the back to the other end, the white lady. And she would cry and cry and cry that she was missing her children, but that she's thanking God for this opportunity to just really be a blessing. And then she went to the toilet. I think she saw something like a cockroach, and she ran out and she screamed. You know, and the other lady <laughs> was laughing at her, and I was laughing as well because of a cockroach. You know, so it was, it, was, it was such a sweet experience for her. And, you know, all throughout the whole, you know, when we got there the first day, we were all being very careful. Oh, no. Oh, I want to wash my hands. Any little thing. I want to wash my hands. We all had hand sanitizer. After two days, we pocketed the hand sanitizer. You know, it was real, real ministry. By the time we had to clean up children, you know, we had to babysit children, you know, and we had to do the babysitting for the women, you know, because they, they were just there taking care of the children, no other thing, so that they could just have some peace of mind, so that they could just rest. And you could see that a lot of those women were hurting, and they were really, really grateful. At the end, at the end of it, all that, um, that we came, that, you know, that a group of people in the city remembered them. You know, and um, let's go on to the next um, picture. And I remember I taught them a song. They said, because I was the only African there. The other lady that is um, black is um, um, from um, Jamaica. She's Jamaican. So there's one that shows a place where, um, that, that shows a whiteboard. Can we keep going? Okay, here, we can stop here. So they said they wanted a song. They wanted a Nigerian song. So I said, okay, which one was going to be the easiest? So I told them, ba, 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 So if you meet an Indonesian tomorrow singing, ba, 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 tell them you know who taught them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, in, so they were like, okay, you've been a blessing to us. So we're going to teach you the song too in Indonesian. So they taught us, this, you know, they taught us a song in Indonesian. Ba, pa, ba, pa, ba, pa, ba, pa. Trima kasi bapa, trima kasi bapa, uba suku bapa, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it was, it was such, it was such a blessing. And um, I remember then that a lot of women who, um, who didn't have such experience, 
they were really thankful and testimonies were flying all around you know testimonies were flying all around because we had a group and people were sending testimonies of how the whole experience you know changed them you know that woman at um, that woman at the well was changed through and through you know by her meeting with with Jesus Christ and um I remember the, um, the other lady too. It was such an experience that she could never forget. And she kept saying, you oh, know, she was really thankful. Her husband thought she would never be able to make it through that period. That was the first time she was leaving the family. That was the first time she was ever going on anything. Missions, that was the first time she was going to sleep on the bed without a very nice duvet in her life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but we, we thank God that it was such a blessing. Amen. So we go on to, so I just encourage you, you know, every, every thing that we are doing as a church, I want to encourage you to just, you know, be a part of it. You know, for the prison ministry in December, when we went, Mama is here, Mama went with us, um, Mama Obama went with us, and then she, right there when we were there, she was hugging every single one of the prisoner and then you know that one of them when we said okay testimony time yes you can clap praise the lord it was such a beautiful thing that she did and when it was time you know we asked them to share their testimonies and then one of them came and shared her testimony and said she was about 20 she said she was 24 or 25 years old and she said since i've been born nobody had ever giving her a hug and she was crying she said not even her own mom had ever hugged her you know, so, you know, all those seemingly little, little things, they go a long way, you know, in showing people that we actually, we actually love them. Amen. Praise the Lord. John 4, 44. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. John 4, 44. Why did Jesus make this statement? Let's read John 4, 44. He himself has said that the prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Why did Jesus make that statement? A prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Can we have the map up again, please? Amen. Okay, so when Jesus returned to, to Galilee, we can see Nazareth down there, right? And we can see Cana, and we can see Capernaum up there. So when Jesus, ret when, when Jesus returned to Galilee, you know, his, um, his original hometown, his home country is actually what? Who knows? Nazareth, thank you. His original hometown is Nazareth. But Jesus didn't go to Nazareth. Quite painful, right? He went where? Where did he go? Cana. He went to Cana. You know, and the Bible says that, and they welcomed him there. You know, and if you go further down to read verse 45, yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. Even though they welcomed him, they welcomed him for a particular reason. What was the reason why they welcomed him? What was the reason why Jesus was welcomed? Thank you, there's a hand here. They welcomed him uh, because of the signs and wonders he has performed in Jerusalem. Thank you. Seeing is believing. I mean, that's what the world says. But what, that's what the world says. Seeing is believing. But what does the word, the word of God, what does it say? 
Switch it. Switch the words. Thank you. Believing is sin. So the world would say sin is believing. But the word of God says believing is sin. Amen. So but anyway, they still welcomed Jesus. And Jesus still went, right? So Jesus, Jesus went to Cana. Cana was the first place. Even though Jesus came from Nazareth, Cana was the first place he performed the miracle. So what's holding you back? Why are you doubting? When you doubt, then you, you inhibit the flow of the power of God in your life. When you doubt, God has said this is our year of new streams. It will beautify our lives. Hold on to it. That is all you need, you know, for this year. That is just all you need. Hold on to it. Believe the word of God and you will see the performance of his word. Amen. We shall all see the performance of his word this year in the name of Jesus. So even though Jesus was from Nazareth, he returned to Galilee. He didn't go to um, Nazareth. He went to Cana. And so the first miracle he did, turning of water into wine, was in Cana. And then we read here again. And then you will discover that the next miracle he did again in Galilee was in Cana again. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, um, John, I said, charity indeed begins at home, but it must not remain at home. Charity indeed begins at home, but it must not remain at home. Of course, Jesus started, you know, from Nazareth, but of course they doubted him, they didn't believe him, and he had so much in him to give to the world, and um, God used him to be a blessing to other people, amen. Or else, it's no longer charity, but, but what? What do you think that word should be? Thank you, selfishness. It's already on the screen. <laughs> I thought the person was in the spirit. Yeah, <laughs> but it's already on the screen. Okay, praise the Lord. John 4, 45. Let's go to John. Yet the Galileans welcomed him for the ad. Being in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen what he did there. Okay, we, we've talked about that, you know. So we go on to John 20, 29 says, you, um, let's go to John 20, 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You know, you hold on to the word of God. You have not seen it, but you believe and you hold on to it. And you will be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. So John 4, 46 to 47. And as he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. So we stopped there, a government official or um, somebody who probably had, you know, an affiliation um, um, with um, the royals then or, you know, with those in government then. You know, I, I, I'd like to say this night that this person probably had all the money you know, he wanted. But, you know, I would like to say that nobility, titles, family pedigree is no guarantee for good health. Who is the only guarantee for good health? Who is the only guarantee for protection? Who is the only guarantee for provision? Who is the only guarantee for salvation? Who is the only guarantee for everything in life? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. No matter what you have in life, no matter what you have in life, you've received it. And if you are not using it for the glory of God, it can be lost. You know, so this man was a government official, but the son was dying. You know, if it was a thing of taking the child to the hospital, he could easily have taken the child to the hospital. Amen. So let our trust be in Jesus. And I would like to seize this um, opportunity to not just say, you know, um, my husband always says something that um, if, 
if um, all Nigerians, if we could hold our politicians accountable, there will be a change. Instead of hailing them and say, hey, the senator is my uncle, I know the senator, and then you're posing, you're feeling cool. The senator that is, you know, you know, I, I started an article, but I never finished the article, and I titled it, Hailing, H-A-I-L, those hailing us, A-I-L, praise the Lord. So it's like we are hailing the people that are hailing us, you know, but the Lord will not let them continue in the name of Jesus so if we all could just take our focus away from all those people, let our focus be on Jesus alone. You know, let Jesus be the only one that we hail in our lives, you know. And if we have politicians as family members who are corrupt, who are embezzling, and we know what they are doing, and we are hailing them, then we are contributing to it. So Jesus is the only one we should hail. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because Jesus has the power. He has the power to take that power away from them. You know, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so John 4, 47. Let's go on to verse 47. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went out and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. I pray that in the name of Jesus, anything that is in our life that is about to die, that at the word of the Most High God, they receive life in the name of Jesus. They receive new streams in the name of Jesus. They receive beautiful colors in the name of Jesus. That when we look at it and we, we, like, we just wonder and say, oh, I can't believe this thing used to be like this. In the name of Jesus. Amen. John 4, 47. Okay, there's a gap there to fill, hailing those ailing us. I'm sure we got that. We must not join in hailing those ailing us. Praise the Lord. So I'll run through these other ones quickly. 447. Okay. 10, Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. So this man had heard about Jesus. And, you know, he went to meet Jesus. And the Bible says, faith comes in by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I'm asking you this night, what are you listening to? What are you hearing? What are you putting your ears down to hear? Are you looking for gossip? You know, are you hearing, are you listening to the word of God? You know, are you worshiping this period so that um, Jesus will not be far from you in the name of Jesus? And everything in you that is dying will receive life when you hear correctly. Amen. Praise the Lord. John 4, John 4, 48 to 50. Okay, ready? Will you, Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Jesus told him, go back, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus had said and started home. Praise the Lord. So that is so beautiful. You know, faith is in different steps. This man heard about Jesus. And he went to meet Jesus. But you know, he went to meet Jesus with his own idea. You know, that Jesus come. You know, sometimes you are telling Jesus to come. But Jesus is telling us, go, I have done it. Go, your son is well. Go, it is done. Go, everything is all right. Praise the Lord. So sometimes you are telling Jesus, come, come, come. And Jesus is saying, go, all is well. Amen. So this man had his own idea. But the Bible says in... Um, there's a particular scripture, Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9. 
That God's ways are not our ways. His ways and thoughts are so, so different from ours. So sometimes we go to Jesus with our own idea. Come, come. But Jesus had, you know, a greater idea. And so and I was going to say there are different, you know, different levels of faith. This man heard about Jesus, went to meet Jesus, you know, heard the word from Jesus. But he hadn't seen the performance of it. But he believed. And what did he do after he heard that word? When Jesus said go, what did he do? He actually went. Amen. Praise the Lord. May we go every time God asks us to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, it's John 4, 48 to 50. The gap says, the word says, sin is believing. I already said that. But the word of God says, believing is sin. Amen. So, we'll go on to... Okay, so then all you need is what? All you need is... All you need is, all, you need, all, all the man needed for the son to be healed was what? Was what? Faith. The word, thank you, was the word from God. And that word, you know, produced faith in his heart. So all we need is a word from God. John 4, 51. John 4, 51. The man believed, he went, uh-huh. While the man was on his way, some of the servants met him with the good news that his son was alive and well. Praise the Lord. So the truth is, good news awaits you when you take a step in obedience to the word of God. Amen. Good news was already awaiting him. You know, you may not have heard our good news yet, but it is already happening. It is happening. God says go, and then you are taking that step. We just believe the Lord that is happening. You know, but the good news, you know, met him on the way, you know, through the servants. The servants were changed. And we, we read further down that the whole household eventually gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'd like to point out here that there's no distance in the spiritual realm, you know. And um, I'd like to mention three attributes of God. Omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Who can tell us what those attributes signify, what they mean? Those three attributes of God, the omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. There's a hand here. Okay. So we start with omnipotent. What does that mean? Uh, omnipotence means that God knows everything. Omniscience, God can do everything. And okay, can omnipresent. you swap it? Swap it, swap it. Omnipotence means that God can do everything. Yes. Omni, omnipresent means God is everywhere. God is everywhere. Omni, science. Omniscience, All God knows everything. Thank you. Let's clap for him. Praise the Lord. So God can do all things. God is all-knowing, is all-wise, is all-seeing, is everywhere. Praise the Lord. There's a last picture I would like to show, and I would like to share a story that changed, you know, that changed this family for life when we went on the, on the um, mission trip to Kupang then. There's a final picture I asked them to, to keep until... Well, there's a lady that I just want to point out to us. She's um, um, the, the lady from Jamaica that I said, you know, when we went on the mission field, they, yes, where is she in that picture? Yeah, that lady in glasses in a gray blouse. Okay, you can take it away. 
so when we went, um, the, herself and the husband had actually been believing God, you know, for the fruit of the womb for a very long time. And, you know, and so they were at the point thinking of adoption and things like that. But, you know, when we got there, there was a particular child, you know, that just, you know, just, you know, she just got stuck, you know, with that child. And, you know, they were just so close. And the child would come and be crying to her. And the child was like, you know, a six-year-old boy. You know, it felt like, you know, she was her mom and things like that. And, you know, when we got back to Jakarta, it was just so touching. We're all just crying, all this crying, crying, crying thing. You know, the women crying, crying, crying thing. So we're all just crying when she came to break the news to us that, you know, herself and her husband had decided to just, you know, adopt the child. You know, didn't that just change their lives for real? So sometimes we feel we are, we are on mission for God. We are working for God. But God is changing us. He's changing us through and through. And his name alone will be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to finish with all you need is a word from God. Genesis chapter 1 says that in the beginning God created. You know, and then John 1, 1 says in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And what we've read today, you know, about the government official, all he needed was a word from God. And that word was Jesus himself. Thank you. So all we need in everything we do, all we need is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And thank you. And for this year, um, 2018, God has given us his own word. And the word is what? So go in the power of that word. Amen. Hallelujah. 2018, our year of? Amen. And so shall it be consigning each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So questions? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Questions? Okay. There's a hand there. Any other hand? After this hand, we may not take any other. Okay. Oh, conclusion. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, you said some words when you at the beginning of this section. Even while I've been following, my mind keep thinking and trying to research out some things that I also have read in the Bible. When you talked about uh, with whom should we not have dealings? Mm. And uh, there was a chorus answer. Nobody. But then, uh, there's an account in the Bible which says that uh, don't be ye not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Mm. So, that scripture mm. compared with, with whom should we not be unequally, I mean, should, should we, we not, not have, have dealings with? I mean, if we are to go in the light of there should be no one we should not have dealing with. That we debit that we are kind of contradicting the word that says, be ye not unequally yoked mm. with unbelievers. Amen. So I don't know what justice you can do to this. Okay, those two are actually, um, they are quite different. Be not unequally yoked and to whom you should not have dealings with. He's saying, don't look down on anybody. Do you understand? Don't discriminate. You know, don't, 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 um, Jesus came for everybody. In fact, Jesus came specifically for the sinners. You know, don't look down on them. All right? Don't feel, um, don't feel you're better than them, you know. 
But the other one that says we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers is completely, completely different. Being yoked with an unbeliever, for example, marrying an unbeliever, is totally different. Um, yoking in those days, in those days, two animals used to be yoked together, right? Animals of, you know, the same kind would typically be yoked together because they have the same strength. And the Bible has encouraged us to be yoked, to be yoked with the Lord. His burden is easy. You know, his yoke is light and his burden is easy. That We should lay everything at his feet, right? When we come to him. So when we yoke with the Lord Jesus, he is stronger. And so he sort of carries all our own burdens, you know, as children of God. And then as unbelievers, I'm sorry, as Christians, you know, when you're doing business together, somebody you want to marry, somebody that is your, what do I say, korikosu. You know, you're saying you have a best friend and the best friend is, I'm not saying you shouldn't have friends who are unbelievers. How will you be able to win them over to Christ? But if the person you take counsels from, you take, so where is he, is an unbeliever. Where is he getting his own source from? Do you understand? It's, it's totally different from looking down. Like if, um, if I know somebody, in, if I have a neighbor and I'm looking at the neighbor, I'm like, hmm, sinners going to hell. Me and the born again, no. You know, and then you, you don't want to preach to them. And then one day, Pastor Asotia comes and says, okay, we are going for outreach and we are starting from your streets. And then you go to that man's house. Honestly, if I were the person, the first thing I would do is, please just, is that if I don't slap you, I'll just push you out of my house. You've not been talking to me. You've been looking down on me and, you know, all those things. Now you want to come and preach to me. Do you understand? So we are not supposed to look down on people in as much as we are not supposed to be yoked with them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is that clear? Okay. Any other questions? Okay, there's one more. Okay, after that, no more questions. Papi's not around. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My question goes to the Samaritan uh, woman. For instance, like she went to tell the people about Christ. Assuming she got back and she didn't meet Jesus, what would have been the story? That's my question. Assuming she got back and she didn't meet Jesus. Jesus, where, she, where Jesus sat. Mm. So what would have been the story? Would the people have, I don't know. What would, what would, okay. We all can actually imagine different scenarios. But the truth is Jesus was there by divine appointment. If she had not met with Jesus, then that was how he was meant to have been. Do you understand? The people will still believe the woman? Definitely because they already believed her story. She already brought them. Do you understand? So I'm sure God would have just um, I don't think it's for us to put relating it loop, to loopholes or no, no, no. I'm just saying like relating it to you know the world believing like oh seeing is believing and then they got that they couldn't find Jesus like maybe he went on an appointment to so something is like what would the story be? Oh, seeing is believing and then yes. believing is seeing. Okay, but she already saw Jesus and she believed and so she will spread the the news. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I just want us to thank God for his word. You know, um, the word of God for us this year is new streams. If you're here and you don't have that well of life bubbling in you like a fountain, you know, whatever well that you have will dry up if it is not Jesus. You know, Jesus is the only one whose well will never dry, dry up. Is the bread of life. If you take from him, you will not thirst again. 
you know, you, 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 it feels that deepest desire, that deepest longing in your heart. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, I'm informing you that you're missing out on a lot of things. And if you would like to meet with Jesus today, I will implore you to just please um, raise your hands and the ushers will give you a card. Is anyone here who is yet to know this sweet Jesus that we have been talking about that gave the Samaritan a new lease, you know, on life, even when every other person had discarded her? Anybody here? You are yet to meet with the Lord Jesus. Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand? Is there any hand up? The ushers will give you a card as a hand up as a child any other hand up is there any other hand up okay praise the lord amen lord we just thank you for your word in the name of jesus thank you for listening to this i want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends god bless you